This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And ready once again. The boys are back in town. Cue the Thin Lizzy and uh, Employment Law is what we're talking about for the uh, the next hour. Good to have you along here about six minutes after uh, four o'clock. Bring on the phone calls. We are, uh, we're ready for you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Plenty of stuff to get through this afternoon, including everything you need to know about medical leaves. That is on the way. We're going to talk about the Pocket Employment Lawyer, which is a fantastic website. It is getting a ton of uh, traffic and response already. Been out for a few months. We'll do that. We got the week that was coming up, but of course it is a call-in show. It's a live show. It depends on you. You make it that much better. So if you have questions, uh, about your job, your employment, your workplace, bring them on. That's why Lior is here to answer them over the next uh, 55 minutes or so. And we'll, uh, we'll get to it all post haste, as they say, brother. But a couple, uh, week that was issues are happening. What's going on with you today? Hey, John. And there's no, no question that there are questions out there about employment <laughs> right. law issues. I know that because that's what I do every single day in my office on the weekends i answer questions i respond back i help solve workplace problems so take advantage of the fact that we're here to answer those questions maybe you had a a difficult week at work your boss did something maybe you were threatened with losing your job or maybe you're harassed or bullied or maybe your job changed you want to know wait a second they told me i have to work different hours can they do that uh you know maybe you didn't get overtime should you have gotten overtime maybe not Give us a call. Ask the questions. Let's find out your rights. There's always solutions. Employment law is quite good. It really, really is. But you need to know what it is. You need to give it an opportunity to help you. And that's why we're here. Take advantage till 5 o'clock. Give us a call. Questions, as many as possible. We're ready to answer them. And, of course, if you don't want to get on the show, you don't want to ask questions on the show, but you still have issues you want solved, no problem, no issue whatsoever, Call me at the office or email me. We'll give you my contact information throughout the show so we can connect and get those problems solved. But as John said, week that was. A couple situations that came across my desk just over the past few days where I think there's some uh, important lessons there to be learned. Uh, first situation, I spoke with a lady who had always worked a, a very similar shift for the eight years she'd, she'd been with the company. Uh, she'd worked very similar kind of nine to five type of shift, Monday to Friday, very steady, very regular. And, and to use her words, she's always been able to avoid overtime. She, you know, anytime there was overtime requirement, she said, no, nah, she's not interested. The employer was able to find other people. So she never really had to work any overtime. She worked her steady shift, happy with it, uh, planned on doing it for many more years to come. Well, very recently, her employer came to her and said, well, now we're very busy. We need you to start working regular overtime hours. And she said, no, no, I don't want to. He said, too bad. Uh, you're going to have to start doing that very soon. Well, guess what? She refused. And when she refused and she said, I'm not staying, came back the next day, got a warning in writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, warning you, you took off when you weren't supposed to. You're, you're required to work these extra overtime hours. If it happens again, we're going to let you go. Uh, well, guess what? Happens again, the very same week. She says, no, I'm not doing it. can't do it. Don't want to do it. Uh, right. Comes back the next day, was let go. And he's told, well, we warned you. We told you you have to work out these hours. That's insubordination. We, we gave you the heads up that if you do that, you'll be fired. Well, now you're fired. 
And of course, she called me and she wanted to know, wait a second, can't they fire me for this? And Or put differently, could they have made me work overtime hours? I didn't right. want to work overtime hours. Could they make me? And John, this is something that happens often, and I get this, questions asked, uh, this question asked quite often. Can my employer make me work overtime? So let's answer that question once and for all. So here's, the, here's how that works. If you don't work overtime, if you haven't worked overtime, your employer does not have a right to make you work overtime. Okay, mm-hmm. Even if they're paying you for the hours, even if they're paying you time and a half when they're supposed to, they can't make you work overtime. Why? Because that's a change to the terms of your employment. If your regular shift is, say, 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, and that's what you've been doing the whole time, your employer can't say, well, now, now it's going to be different. Right. Now, instead of 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, a couple of days a week, you're going to have to work till 8 p.m., say. That's a change to the terms of employment, and an employer doesn't have a right to do that. Now, if you had done that before, if you had let that happen, then arguably now the company can make you work this overtime hours. But in this situation, John, she had never worked overtime. As she said, she avoided overtime, so her employer could not make her. They didn't have the right. So when she refused to work overtime, she actually wasn't doing anything wrong. She was simply standing up for her rights. It's the employer that was trying to do something wrong here. So when she was fired, that's a wrongful dismissal. That's not cause. That's not insubordination. So she's owed significant compensation after eight years, and I'm going to help her get that. But I wanted to remind everyone, employees and employers, that if you don't work overtime, if it's not part of the terms of your employment, your employer can't impose that. So what does an employer do? Well, the easiest thing for an employer to do is to say in an employment agreement that, hey, employee, we have a right to make you work overtime if we need that. If your employment agreement says that, then yes, your employer can make you. Otherwise, they can't. If that happens to you, if your your employer wants you to work overtime, you don't have to accept that. If you get penalized for refusing, you want to reach out to me as soon as possible. What is the threshold for, you know, if you said if she'd done it in the past, then it's kind of a term of employment that's in favor of the employee uh, or employer, rather. She does it once, twice, yeah, and then when refuses? Yeah, to, to overtime, you know, probably one time is not enough. You, you would have okay. had to do it a number of times to be an implied term. But here's an important lesson. Uh, if you're going to work overtime but you're concerned about that becoming a regular thing, Tell your employer in writing, okay, employer, I know you asked me to work overtime, I'll do it, but just heads up, I'm not planning on on, uh, working other overtime hours or I'm not planning for this to be a regular thing. So you can put that in writing so they know you're not accepting it, but if you do it a bunch of times, then yeah, you're going to be deemed to have accepted it and then you're going to be in a situation where if you refuse to work the overtime, that could be a problem. You want to reach out, by the way, help at employmentlawyer.ca, 604-283-3123 to get a hold of Lior and his team. But uh, as always, for the remainder of this show, call in now, get some answers uh, right here on the show, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. What else you got going on? I spoke with a gentleman who had been uh, hired on a in a 12-month contract for a maternity leave replacement, the company he okay. worked for had a lady that went off on a maternity leave, and he was hired to cover for for 12 months, signed an, an agreement for 12 months. Well, about two and a half months into the uh, the contract, company says, listen, we don't think you're the right fit. Uh, we're going to have to let you go, and, and you know, you're still within your three-month probationary period, so we're going to wish you well, and the door is over there. 
and he actually thought that that sounded okay. I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. happy about it, of course, but he thought, well, I was there for two and a half months. Uh, you know, I'm assuming probation is three months, so I, I guess it's okay. But he still gave me a call. He heard one of our shows right here on CKNW, and he called me and wanted to, wanted to understand, is this in fact correct? Well, John, here's the thing. He, his employment agreement did not say that in the first three months of employment, the company can let him go without any compensation. You're only on probation if your employment agreement specifically says that. His didn't. So what does this mean? Now, he was on a fixed-term contract. So the rule is this. If you're let go before the end of the contract, the company has to pay you for the rest of the contract. Nice. So, John, he was two and a half months into a 12-month contract. The company has to pay him for the remaining nine and a half months. So Dude. not only was he owed compensation, he was owed nine and a half months pay. And, and I, there, when I told him that, John, there was silence on the other <laughs> phone, on the, on the other side of the phone. Like, yeah, for you, sure. You still there? Uh, yeah, he was there, but he, he couldn't believe it. And this actually happens often. If you're working on a fixed-term agreement, six months, 12 months, 18 months, or whatever it is, the general rule is if you're let go before that ends, the company still has to pay you the balance. So don't assume they can just let you go with little or no compensation. In most cases, that's completely wrong. And that whole thing with the uh, the three months probation, people, that is right up there with you know a week or two weeks per year of severance is the general knowledge that people think that one's got to be right up there. Everybody assumes that every job in the world starts with a, with a three-month probation. Absolutely. That it's assumed that it's automatic. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm on probation for three months. No. Probation doesn't exist in law. Probation has to be created by way awesome. of an employment agreement. The only time you're ever, ever, ever on probation is if you're signed an employment agreement before you started working that says that. And if you are on probation, then that, yes, that may mean that the company can let you go with less or minimal compensation. But that's not automatic. And it's important to understand because even employees with short service, one, two months, three months, six months, even in regular situations, can be owed significant compensation if they lose their job. Great opening salvo there, my friend. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break, give you some time to, to call in 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Of course, it's a live show. And if you have questions about your job or something has you scratching your head, call. you still got to, still got plenty of time this hour to call into the show. Reaching out through email, we'll try to get to some of those. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But you have got tons of time to call in. We'll take a few minutes here to get those phone lines up and running and open for you as well. This is the Employment Law Show on CKNW. And right back at it here, you bet, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Make that phone call, ask a question, be it a simple one or complex one. Doesn't matter, bring it on. If it's about a uh, job, your workplace, your career, this is the time to ask those questions. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the uh, the email address. Want to get into this, so before we get to our topic for the, uh, the afternoon, that is everything you need to know about medical leaves, the Pocket Employment Lawyer at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. This one's a beauty too it really is and uh, we, we have new listeners every time that haven't heard about it so i really mm-hmm. have to mention it pocketemploymentlawyer.ca a tool that i created to allow you to find answers to your specific workplace questions anytime anywhere on your phone on your tablet you already have an employment lawyer with you you have it with you at all the time right there on your smart uh, smartphone 
Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and you can answer the questions in the category that you're interested in. It can help you calculate your severance. You lost your job, you have your severance letter. First place you go to is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But it can do so, so much more than that. It can help you determine if the company had cause to let you go, if you are an employee or if you're an independent contractor, if your case is considered a constructive dismissal, you can get that assessed right there, if it's a harassment situation, if it's a disability issue, problem with your disability insurer, and more. It's easy. It's anonymous. It's free. There's no strings attached. There's nothing I'm trying to gain other than to provide you as much information as possible. So go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca even before you call an employment lawyer, the very first place you go to. And uh, we'll get to it. A, a phone call here off the top. I want to get to uh, to Jim. Uh, Jim, thank you for, uh, for calling in. How are you, pal? It's a pleasure. Question for you. I'm a contractor, and I've been working for a company for nine years same job and i'm wondering if they let me go am i entitled to severance pay terrific question jim now you've yep. been there for nine years and are you working regular hours full-time hours give me a sense of that i'm working full-time hours yes yeah and, and just for them exclusively for them yes exclusively for them yes okay so here's the thing jim this is a clear and obvious situation of misclassification and what i mean by that is that in the eyes of the law you're considered an employee i know they call you a contractor but it, it's it's not true you are in the eyes of the law an employee and the reason why that's so important as your question uh you put it if you are let go you're absolutely going to be owed severance now you've been there for nine years how old are you jim and, and uh, what kind of a job do you do I'm 70, and I do sales and marketing for the company. You're going to be looking at right around 10 to 12 months of pay. As much as a year's pay is what you'd be owed if and when they decide to let you go. And here's here's what's going to happen. I can almost guarantee this is what's going to happen if they let you go. They're going to say, Jim, you've done a great job. Uh, since you're a contractor, we don't have to pay you anything. Uh, thank you very much, and, 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 and have a good life. Well, that's wrong. That would be a wrongful dismissal because, as I said, you're going to be owed as much as a year's pay. Now that you know that, Jim, if that happens, uh, give me a call. That's not going to be difficult to get you what you're owed. You easily and clearly have been misclassified. Okay. Now, I'm paid uh, on a contract wage, not an employee's wage. Right. Does that make any difference? It does not make any difference. It's always substance over form. If you work regular hours, full-time hours, exclusively for a company, been doing it for a while, you are an employee. And, and this is a very common situation. Jim, it's not something that's unique to you. I, mm -hmm. I can guarantee you right now we have dozens of people that are exactly in that situation. And, and it's important to understand because when you are let go, uh, you're not a contractor. You are an employee. And the severance that's going to be owed to you is going to be owed to you as that of an employee. Mm -hmm. well, one more question then. If that's the case, if I'm an employee, am I not entitled mm -hmm. to medical benefits and all the rest? So medical benefits is something that, that the law doesn't impose on the company to give you. So a company can decide whether to give employees medical benefits. You're not necessarily owed that, but here's what you are owed. You're going to potentially be owed overtime pay. You potentially owed vacation pay, uh, statutory holiday pay. And in fact, that's something you can pursue right now. The question you'd have to ask yourself is, 
do you want to do that when you're still working for the company? Are you, is it, how is that going to damage the relationship with the company? But right now, today, you can pursue overtime vacation pay going back two years. Uh, but again, you can decide if you want to do that or you can not do that now and deal with the situation when you're let go. But you're absolutely right. You have entitlements right now that you can pursue. Okay. Well, I appreciate your call. I appreciate you letting me call in. You guys are very helpful. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Jim, appreciate uh, appreciate your time as well. And again, moving forward, you want to uh, reach out to Lior and the crew afterwards, which I'm sure you would. Uh, simple, 604-283-3123. Again, it's 604-283-3123 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is why we urge people every show just to call in within what? Two, three and a half minutes. Jim's got a whole lot of answers he didn't have two, three minutes ago, right? John, and, and this whole idea of employees versus contractors, my yeah. gosh, I mean, we, we could talk about this forever. Uh, and, and every single week, I see this time and time and time again. Uh, I work a regular job, I, I look like an employee, I act like an employee, but they pay me as a contractor. Does it not make me a contractor? No, it doesn't. You're still an employee and you have yeah. the rights of an employee. So one of the many things that we can help people with, one of the many reasons why you want to always pay attention to your legal rights because you never know what you may learn. And free, uh, feel free to call in just like Jim did. I mean, we all get educated when people like you call in. So uh, so do so, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's around uh, 25 minutes after 4. Lots to go here. Everything you need to know about medical leaves. This one is another one where there's lots of gray area people just don't have the knowledge of it because not everybody takes one, so why would they, right? Right, except I can I can almost guarantee you at some point during your work life, you're going to have to go yeah. off on a medical leave. And sometimes, hopefully, it's nothing serious and it's not long. But in, in some situations, in many situations, employees may have to take extended leave. So it's important that we understand what that means and when do you have a right to take a leave and how long can you be gone and what happens to your job and what happens if you want to come back from a leave. So all these things we want to discuss because it is relevant. It is If it hasn't happened to you yet, chances are at some point, you're going to be in that situation, so you need to understand your rights. And your uh, my first question was one you rolled into that uh, that opening uh, monologue there, and that is when can an employee take a medical leave absence from work? When can they? So that that is the the, the, the kind of the basis of, of all right. medical leaves. When can it start? Well, it's a simple. If you cannot work, and if your doctor corroborates that you cannot work you can be off on a medical leave, okay? So all you need is obviously being unable to work, but you need your mm -hmm. doctor to be able to support you. If you have something when my doctor says, hey, this person cannot work, you can be off work. And remember, it doesn't matter if your employer agrees. It doesn't matter if the employer uh, thinks that this is wrong. It doesn't matter. If you have that doctor's note, at that point you have that shield, that dome of protection around you, which means you can take a medical leave. It's as simple as that. Now, it's not enough to say, I can't work, so I'm going to be off. You do need something from a doctor. But when it comes to your ability to work, your doctor is judge and jury. The employer can't do anything about it. So that's what starts a medical leave, that note from a doctor saying that you cannot work. So now you determine the fact that you can be off. You have medical support. The, uh, the doctor, as you say, is the judge and jury. How long can you be away from work for that medical reason? So another uh, important question, and, and the answer is you can be off as long as needed until you're able to come back to work as long as you have your doctor's support. So there's no limit on how long you can be off on a medical leave. Maybe it's a week. 
and you can come back to work. That's great. But maybe you need longer. Maybe it's a month or six months or a year or longer. You can be off depending on your situation, depending on what your doctor says, as long as you need to. So there's no limit. And let's talk a bit about sick days. Sick days is very different than being on a medical leave. If your employer has a policy, they provide seven sick days. All that means is that they will pay you for seven days, even if you're sick. But it doesn't change the fact that you can still be off for 70 days or 170 days. As long as you cannot work and your doctor corroborates and still supports your absence, you can be off work and your employer can't put pressure on you, can't challenge that, can't say they don't believe you. You can be off work as long as you need to. Lots more on this topic to go. We will get to that after we take a uh, short pause here. In the meantime, you got lots of time to fill the phone lines, ask your question, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to drop an email down, do so. It's called, uh, or it is rather, help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's around 428, so you got some time. Fill the phone lines. We'll take a break and be back with lots more. It's the Employment Law Show on CKNW. Star 9898 on your cell is also an excellent way to go. In the meantime, talking about medical leaves, everything you need to know about them. Um, we determine, we determine, or at least discuss how long someone can be away from work. The next one, if someone's an employer listening and maybe they've got someone on a medical leave or just started one, does an employer have the right to ask an employee for their medical information or even this one, a diagnosis? And, and that's something that people get very upset about for good reason. Like, of course. Well, do I have to tell my employer what the condition is? Or, or my employer is asking me all kinds of personal questions. Do, do I have to answer? And, and the answer here is simple. And the answer is no, you do not. Your employer does not have a right to ask you questions about why you cannot work. The only thing that matters is whether you can work or not, whether you're suffering from uh, a mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or maybe it's a physical issue, you know, uh, a bad back or a bad knee. It does not matter. What matters is whether you can and cannot work. So your employer can ask questions about how long are you expected to be off work or what kind of accommodation are you going to need? That's Those are legitimate and perfectly appropriate questions. Your employer cannot ask you, what is the condition? What treatment are you getting? Uh, what mm-hmm. kind of a medic- medication on your, are you on? What specialist are you seeing? None of those questions are appropriate. Your diagnosis is irrelevant. And if your employer asks you that question, you can absolutely, very directly, politely though, decline and say, no employer, I'm not gonna answer that. I've given you my doctor's note, says I cannot work. And that's it. And your employer cannot do anything to you in that situation. Uh, There's personal information, private information that you're allowed to keep private. And if your employer does insist, you can absolutely say no. So a diagnosis, no good. Prognosis, okay. Prognosis, okay. Prognosis means, well, how long are you going to be off? Or are you likely to be able to come back to work? Are you likely going to be able to do your old job? Those are legitimate questions. That's prognosis, not diagnosis, which has to do with what is the condition. That's off limits. Get to another one here. Again, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. How about your job? What happens to your job while you're on that medical leave? So essentially, you continue being an employee while you're on a medical leave. So you're still an employee of the company. You continue to accrue seniority, okay? So your seniority is not frozen as of the day you go on a medical leave, and it continues to accrue. And 
And because of you're an employee, that means you're not being let go. You haven't quit your job. You haven't abandoned your job. And what your employer has to do is make all reasonable efforts to take you back when you're ready to return to work. It's as simple as that. So your employer doesn't get to say, well, hey, it's been six months or 12 months or 18 months. Hey, what do you want from us? You're not employed here. No, you continue to be an employee. You continue to to be on the company's uh, list of employees, which means you do have a right to work. You do have a right to be considered for a job at the time you come back to work. And if the company doesn't do that, if the company considers you to have resigned or doesn't try to come back to take you back to work or doesn't try to accommodate you, that is could, could easily be a human rights violation. It could be a wrongful dismissal. It's illegal. So remember, you continue to be an employee with the rights of an employee while you're off on a medical leave. If your medical leave is not the nature of, you know, one, two, three, four weeks, you're going to be offered an extended, uh, an extended period of time with doctor approval. How do you have to update your employer? Or is it expected? And if so, how often do you have to do that? It is a very good idea to update yeah. your employer. It's a very good idea not to have your employer forget about you, forget that you're out there. You don't want that. You want, you want your employer to know that you're, you're still there. Uh, you know, you're still unable to work, but you're working on getting better. So I'm not suggesting you, you contact your employer every week, not at all. But, you know, depending on the length of your absence, to, to reach out to them perhaps every couple of months, uh, if it's a long absence, and, and just, just employer, just so you know, I'm still working on getting better, I'm still hopeful, or here's an updated doctor's note, that is a very good idea. That's going to make it much, much more difficult for a company to say, oh, we thought you just quit because we hadn't heard from you in 12 months. So, right. you know, we, we assume you, you're just... Uh, decide you don't want to work here anymore. Don't let that happen. So if you're going to be off for a long period of time, a couple of months, I think is a good rule of thumb. Reach out, send a quick email, send a doctor's note, make sure they remember you, make sure they know that you're not uh, going to be off forever. You're working on getting better and you're going to come back at some point. Uh, very good advice to follow. We got uh, plenty of time still for you to call in about this topic or anything else. That's why we do a live show here on Sundays. It's uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to send an email along, it's simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we mentioned it way back in the first segment, but I think it's worth mentioning again. All things to do with employment, be it uh, your, uh, how much severance you're supposed to get. Uh, are you allowed to be on a disability leave? Is it a constructive dismissal? Are you a contractor, not a contractor? All that can be answered from the get-go in your own pocket any day of the week on your smartphone, on your desktop, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Check it out. It's got, a, uh, it's got a ton of weight to it. It's absolutely free. And it's anonymous as well. If you want to reach out and contact Lior or the firm, there's a, a little contact us yellow button at the top, right? You can use that and, uh, and carry on. But want to move over to the phones as we always like to. Serge, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, hey, yeah, I just got a quick question about um, having cool. to tell your employer about why you're taking a leave. Um, what if you were going to, like, say, a treatment center for, like, addictions or something? Would you have to tell your employer that that's where you were going? Great question. No, and that's an excellent, excellent question. No. Yeah. If if you cannot work, and medical reasons, maybe, you know, an addiction, just so you know, certainly, you know, we're talking alcohol or drug addictions, those are considered to be disabilities, okay? The law recognizes those are disabilities. And if because of this disability you cannot work, that's perfectly legitimate. Again, all you have to do is provide a note from your doctor saying you cannot work. Whether you're getting treatment for that or for something else, frankly, it's not your employer's business. Now, of course, if we are talking about an addiction, 
it's very important to be responsible and not to come back to work before you're you're ready to come back to work. You don't want to be in a situation where you can hurt yourself or hurt someone else. But no, you do not have to tell your employer. And, and if they ask, you can absolutely decline to answer. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, okay, that's great, man. Thanks a lot, eh? Thanks, Serge. Appreciate it, Serge. That's a, that's a good question. Actually, we haven't, uh, we, you know, we're talking medical ease, whether you're sick or ill, but like, as you said, it's it's a disability and, and people have addiction issues and they might be getting treatment and kind of bouncing back, dovetailing on my last question, sometimes those treatment plans can be for weeks, if not months, you're away, right? Absolutely. It, it really yeah. can be. And, and it, it certainly, whether it's addiction or other, other plans, you can be off for a long period of time. And and when it comes to these situations, it's not black and white. It's very difficult to, for a doctor often to tell how long you're going to be off. Like, Good well, call. I think it's yeah. two months, but hey, after two months, you may still not be able to come back to work. So that's fine. And, and because of that, you can be off as long as needed. And you may have already provided a doctor's note to your employer saying, I'm going to come back on April the uh, 5th. And come April the 5th, you realize or your doctor realizes you're not come, able to return. That's mm-hmm. okay. Give your employer the heads up. Let them know that things have changed. Give them a new doctor's note, and that's fine. You still can't be penalized because you're not doing anything on purpose. You're not trying to avoid work. Uh, when it comes to medical issues, it's not always possible to have a definitive, a definitive return to work date, so it's fine. You can still be on a leave as long as you have your doctor's support. I'll ask you this quick one before we break, and that is what does somebody do if they're not approved for disability coverage like LTD or their claims cut off? Because that happens, right? It does happen. So many employers provide disability coverage for their employees, long-term, short-term disability. The, the unfortunate thing is this. An insurance company doesn't want you to be on disability, right? They don't want to have to pay you. They want to get you off their payroll or avoid putting you on their payroll to begin right. with. So because of that, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of matters where an insurance company either didn't approve someone when they should have or cut the person off the coverage before they should have both of which are wrong. So the good news is these things are not difficult to resolve once we push back. So one of the things we'll do is we'll engage your insurance company and say, hey, look at this. This person can't work. We have the doctor information. If you don't uh, do what you're supposed to, we'll have to take legal action against you. In many cases, we can get the the insurance company to back off. If they don't back off, we can negotiate compensation. So if you cannot work and you have a disability plan, short-term, long-term disability, you should apply for it. And if, despite that, despite your doctor saying you cannot work, the insurance company won't uh, approve you or will cut you off before you're ready to come back to work, you got to give us a call right away. Awesome. That number, by the way, to reach out to the firm uh, when we're not doing the show here, 604-283-3123. With that, we'll take a quick break and get right back into it. More time for you to uh, grab a phone and ask your questions as well, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on yourself. It's the Employment Law Show. This is CKNW. Yep, she's bang on. That's a good number to call in the next few minutes. Star 9898 on your cell works as well. Uh, as we uh, get more phone calls lined up here, we're still talking about everything you need to know about medical leave. Next point is this. Um, you've been on a medical leave, okay. You've, you've gotten better. Luckily, you're coming back to work. You're done. You've got medical approval. Uh, what should that employee do when they're ready to return to work? Well, obviously, the, the, the biggest thing is to give your employer the heads up about your ability to come back to work because you want your employer to have the time to prepare for it, especially if you've been off for a long period of time. Your employer may need to move some things around in order to make sure that they can uh, allow you to come back to work, to have the position for you. In some situations, I have to find the right role for you if the role that you had may not be available. 
Right. So give your employer as much heads up as possible. The other thing you want to do is tell your employer if you have any limitations. So in some situations, you may be coming back from a, from a, a medical leave, but you may not necessarily be able to do your job exactly the way you did before. You may need some accommodation, some help. Maybe that means reduced hours, whether permanently or for a period of time. Maybe it means light duties. Uh, you can't necessarily lift heavy things, so for a while you need to have light duties. Or maybe it's, it's flexibility to work from home sometimes so you can get treatment, what have you. Remember, your employer has a strict duty to accommodate. So you have to tell your employer what that accommodation is that you need. Right. Uh, if your employer won't accommodate, that could be a human rights violation. If your employer were to say to you, oh, no, 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 you, your job was to drive forklift from nine to five. We're not going to change that. Well, no, you can't say that. That is a human rights violation. An employer has to accommodate. So tell them what that accommodation is. If they refuse, if they don't cooperate, if they're not helpful, give me a call and let me do what I do. Uh, but give your employer the heads up. Make sure that your employer knows if you have any limitations and what accommodation you may need. What if any of you doesn't even get as far as accommodation? They just don't want to take it back. Well, here's the thing. that That is wrong. Because remember what I told you. You're, you continue to be an employee while you're on right. a medical leave. Yep. So your employer, what your employer has to do is make all efforts to take you back. Now, we, we, we know about maternity leaves, right? We know that when you go on a maternity leave, your employer has to, has to, has to take you back, same position. doesn't mm-hmm. matter if there's someone in, in the role already. Hey, let that person go because you have to take the person back from maternity leave. It's a bit different when you're on a medical leave. If the company has now someone doing your job, they don't have to get rid of that person, okay? What they have to do is to make all efforts to bring you back. So if that role exactly is not available, they have to see, is there a different role that makes sense, that's that's similar enough that you could uh, do a good job in? So they have to make all efforts. It's only in the situation where they've tried, they've looked, they've looked at all options, and there's nothing. Only then can they consider a termination. Okay, and that still means you get your full severance, of course. But your employer can't say, no, you've been gone for too long. We're not going to bring you back. Or if your employer doesn't try or if your employer clearly doesn't want to have you there, that's a human rights violation in many cases. That is wrong. So your employer has to do its due diligence to make efforts to bring you back. If you're ever in that situation, you don't feel your employer is doing that or you don't feel your employer wants you back, uh, give me a call. There could be significant compensation that the employer is going to have to pay because of it. You want to reach out, by the way, the phone number anytime, 604-283-3123. Email address, that too, is uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Good one to use. We're going to bounce over to an email right now. Henry writes in, says, Leroy, I received a few warnings over the last three years with respect to my work performance. How many warnings does my employer have to provide me before they can? Let me go for cause. And that's a great question, and it's a question that I get often, you know, okay, I've gotten some warnings, and employers may often ask me that as well, well, when is enough enough? When can the company let the person go? Well, it really does depend on the type of misconduct. The more serious the issues, the more serious the misconduct, the less warnings are needed. The more trivial the misconduct, the more warnings are needed. So it really does depend, generally speaking... As a kind of a rule of thumb, I would say the three. You need three disciplinary measures before the company can actually let someone go for cause. So that could mean uh, you know two warnings and a suspension, three warnings, two warnings and a final warning, what have you. Three disciplinary warnings, and then 
And only then can the company say, well, wait, wait a second. We've warned this person, given them a few opportunities. What more can we do? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe then the company can let you go for cause and not have to pay you anything. But, John, in my experience, and I've said this many times, either the company doesn't want to spend the time to provide all these warnings right. and they jump the gun and they terminate employment, or, frankly, the company accuses an employee of doing something that they didn't really do. Both of those situations is a wrongful dismissal. If you're let go, if the company says, oh, we have cause to let you go, we're firing you, we're not paying you anything, in my experience, 17 years of doing this, in 90% of cases, that is wrong. You're owed compensation. You want to get on the horn and call me as soon as possible. You still got a few minutes here. You want to call in and ask a question for the remaining minutes of the show. Uh, other than that, we'll get to Fern. This uh, You'll love this one. Fern said, I was promised a promotion last year. This year, I didn't get it. It was given to someone else, and I was let go. Is this discrimination? Well, you know, probably not, but it depends. And here's what I mean by that. So, Fern, if you were not given a promotion, but it was given to someone else because of a prohibited ground, a prohibited reason, it may be discrimination. Here's what I mean. If someone got a promotion just because, let's say, they're younger than you, well, that's discrimination, right? That's a human rights violation. If someone got a promotion instead of you because of their race uh, or ethnicity, again, human rights violation, discrimination. Same thing if you have a medical condition and because of that you didn't get it and someone else did, again, discrimination. But if the company simply said, you know what, we actually realized that uh, this other person uh, is, is someone we like more than Fern, that's unfair. Of course it's unfair, but it's not discrimination. Discrimination implies some prohibited reason, a a reason that's illegal. So generally speaking, a company doesn't have to give someone a promotion. Uh, They can decide who to do it as long as they don't take improper considerations uh, in in making those decisions. So, Fern, if you've been let go, again, unless there's a human rights violation, it's probably just a matter of severance. So we have to make sure you got the severance you're owed. You may well have been wrongfully dismissed because wrongful dismissal, the situation where you let go without proper severance. You want to reach out to me as soon as possible. Is it discrimination? Maybe if the company was looking at illegal reasons for making its decisions about a promotion. Even if it was written, not even verbal? They wrote it down and said, no, you are getting this promotion on this date. Doesn't make a difference? Well, you know, at that point, if, if the company makes them a written promise of a, of a promotion and they don't follow through, that could be a constructive dismissal. Ah. But because he's been flat out dismissed, we don't have to say constructive dismissal. He's simply right. been let go. But that's a good point. If your company promises you a promotion and, and you, you can prove that, uh, perhaps you have an email or something in writing and they then don't give it to you, well, that is a breach of the terms of employment because you had an agreement that they'll give it to you. So that could be a constructive dismissal. Mm-hmm. That may allow you to say, no, wait a second, employer. We had an agreement that you're going to give me this other role. You decided not to. I now may be able to treat my employment as being terminated and pursue severance. If that happens, before you do that, though, before you quit, before you say, that's it, I'm out of here, you definitely want to reach out to me. I'll uh, we'll get to Manny here. Uh, one email says, uh, Leo, I quit my job last year, uh, end of last year. My wife still works there for the same company, but now they're treating her very badly because they're upset with me. What can she do? You know, that's that's something, believe it or not, that I have seen a few times when, you know, there there's a, a couple of spouses, whatever it is, working in the workplace. One is One left, 
whether let go or quit. And then now the other one is paying the prices price for right. the sins of the of, of the first one. Well, that that is wrong. And so so the so his wife is obviously being harassed or, or bullied. And regardless of the reason, that is wrong. We all have a right to work in a workplace that's free of harassment. So what I want uh, Manny's wife to do is start documenting things, okay? What happened, when it happened, write it down, send emails to the people mistreating her, okay? And say, you know, here's what happened today at, uh, during the lunch break. We need that record. We need to be able to show what happened because the company's not going to admit it, right? And we need to have some proof. Once we have that proof, sh- we can get her out of there. That's a constructive dismissal. She doesn't have to continue working in a workplace where she's being bullied and harassed and mistreated. But we need to have the goods. We need to have the proof. So, Manny, talk to your wife about making sure that she documents things as much as possible. Have a journal, a diary, what have you. Send some emails to the to the people that are mistreating her, a contemporaneous email, and then let's talk. Let me get her out of there. And for you as well at home, if you're ever bullied or harassed or mistreated, as long as you can show what happened, you don't have to continue working there. You have a right to work in a healthy and a positive work environment. And if your work environment becomes poisoned, you can leave with compensation. So if you're ever in that situation, remember what I said, reach out to me, and let's discuss it. Good for another day. You want to reach out, as Lior says, easy to do, 604-283-3123. Write that down and keep it, 604-283-3123. you got help at employmentlawyer.ca through email. And always refer, even before the phone call, if you want to, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's a great website. It's reasonably new. It's robust, full of great information. It's absolutely free, and it's anonymous. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Been a good day. Appreciate all your calls. We'll pick it up next weekend right here. This is the Employment Law. It's on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.